0: Just joking. Um, It's talking about the first beast in Revelation 13, verse 1. I will be reading now the ESV, uh, maybe NIV, whatever you're reading. uh, It starts with verse 1. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And, it, and to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and uh, great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed. And the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? Everyone whose name was not written, have been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and it makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wound was healed. It performed great signs, even making fire come from, down from heaven to earth in front of the people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked... On the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast, or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. Okay, good job. All right. Uh. Before we continue to dive in, uh, there's a story that Bobby Bowden tells. Now, Bobby Bowden is uh, an old Florida State coach, Florida State football. And if you don't know, I'm a Florida State fan. You should know by now because I probably talk about it way too much. They happen to be 10-0. You're welcome. So, But Bobby Bowden, we used to tell this story that he would travel and go scout. And he would go scout some teams one time, and he was driving through this little town. And you know how... And, uh, you know, there's traffic lights, but then there's also these cop lights where they flash and take your picture if you're going speeding, right? Or if you run the red light. Well, there was this flashlight that would blink every time you would go past the speed limit in this little area, this little town. And the speed limit was 35 miles per hour. He tells a story. He goes, I was going 35 miles per hour, but when I drove by, that flashlight went. And he was like, no way. No way. So he decides, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go do a block around and I'm going to go 30 miles per hour. He goes, does a block around, goes 30 miles per hour. I'm going under. He goes, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to go 25 under, goes back around, goes back around, comes back under, goes 25 miles per hour. You know what happened? The same thing, the flash. Now by now he's frustrated. He went around five times, and every time, the light got him. So he says, I'm just going home. Now at least I can say I was going 10 miles per hour, and I still got the ticket. So he decides, he he goes on the rest of his way. Three weeks later, he gets in the mail, you know, from the DMV. You know you're going to have to pay something. He's like, he's excited to see. He's like, I'm going to you know, contest this, I'm going to go this. And he opens it up and he looks at it and he goes, he had five tickets for not wearing a (laughs) seatbelt. We, and I think it's a great story, we could get so focused on the wrong things. We could get so focused on the wrong things that we miss it. It's a counterfeit. It isn't what it really is. We miss it because we are so focused. I was right. I was right. I was right. You were right. You weren't going the speed limit, but you were not wearing your seatbelt. The first point in our notes today is that there's two beasts, two beasts, and we're going to be taking a look at these two beasts, in Revelation. But as you know. And what we've been talking about uh, since the, the beginning is that the Old Testament says a lot. And it even says a lot about the two beasts. We've always talked about that John, while he's writing this, is pulling from the Old Testament. And they're, they're from examples of Job 40. Like when he's talking about, behold, a behemoth, which I made as I made you. He eats grass like an ox. Behold, his strength is in his loins and his power and his muscles and his belly. He makes his... Tail stiff like a cedar. So it's like this powerful animal, this this beastly image. Job 41. Can you draw out Leviathan from a fish hook or press down his tongue or his cords? Can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaw and his hook? You you look back and you'll you'll continue. You can look back at the creation of the world in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. He's hovering over the water. Water is this great symbolism of chaos. It is this chaos motif, and that is where the first beast comes from. He, John also grabs a lot from Daniel 7, and we're going to take a look at Daniel 7 right now, uh, verse 2. And it says this in verse 2 in Daniel 7. It says, Daniel declared, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up a great sea. The four great beasts came out uh, or up out of the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had an eagle's wings. Then I looked, and its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man, and the mind of a man was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second one like a bear. It raised up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth, between its teeth, and it was told, Arise, devouring much flesh. After this I looked, and behold, another like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back, and the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw the night vision, And behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth It devoured and broke in pieces and stumped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the other beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, it w- in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man, and the mouth speaking great things. As you can tell, throughout the Old Testament, there's talk of beast. There's talk of this chaos. And they come out of the sea, which is, which is really crazy. You talk about like Leviathan, we're going to get into some of these beasts, but those beasts represent that of chaos and and uncontrollableness they come out of the sea which is that of chaos so these are things that are that are evil these are things that are not right one of those things is Leviathan is talked about Leviathan was an instrument of chaos and as we talked about we talked about in Genesis 1 it's there as the hovering as the Spirit of God hovers the face of the water We have to remember that these Old Testament verses are going on in John's Revelation writing. We've talked about many of these from Job 40, 15 through 24, and others, and it continues this this beastly, this chaotic, this, this world that is not right. It is not right, and we know it. You have Leviathan, which is, comes from the sea, and also uh, Rahab, which also comes from uh, a Hebrew uh, name, which means sea monster of the ancient myth. It means it, it is to storm and it is that of arrogance. Rahab was looked at as a sea monster and symbolized back in that time, Egypt, in the time that it captured the Israelite slaves. The monster, the beast that was coming from the sea, or the dragon that represents the dove, the devil, the ruler of the chaos world, the sea. So when we look at Revelation and we can see what John's doing and Daniel's doing and seeing that these beasts are beasts that go against God. They are going against God. It is a holy war. But I'm going to lay it out real quick. God will defeat the sea monsters. God will defeat defeat chaos. Isaiah 51, 9 says, Was it not you who cut Rahab to pieces, who pierced the monster through? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made a road in the depths of the sea so that the redeemed might cross over? We sometimes look at the wrong thing. We keep looking at the chaos in the world going wrong, but we do not look to the Savior that will conquer it. We do not look at the Savior that will defeat the chaos. The C also means, and and so when you start getting into, and this is where it can, can, uh, you know, a little bit deep because some people believe that the sea monsters have already happened in time. Some believe that this chaos is coming in the future and you start looking at different times. But many people believe that the sea monster is a great motif that this will be or represent a leader or a a people of Gentiles where the beast out of the earth, the beast number two is that which will come from Israel, the beast of the land. And they will help cause or push people to worship the first beast, or the Antichrist. Many people believe that this is a religious function, but uh, with a political function and a religious function, joining forces to lead to a false messiah. Some people believe that this has already happened with some writers of Jophesis and then Rome, and some people believe that it's not happening. But there will be this, this combination where the land will support the the sea that there will be someone that will support chaos and a leader that goes against god these are the land and sea chaos beast and revelations that call back to the old testament these readers would have been thinking about the chaos of the world versus the god of order there's a quite a difference and as i've just talked about there are many perspectives Many believe that the water beast is that of Rome and the land beast is that of Israel itself in that time frame of around 70 AD with the fall of the temple. It was a time of chaos and the loyalties were tested. And I believe there's some truth in that. And at the same time, we got to continue to look what the Old Testament is saying for the people in that time and for the people of today. Brad talked about a lot of times that Revelation is, uh, during Sunday school, Brad talked about how Revelation is a beautiful book because so many people have believed that we are in the end time. I believe many people in World War II thought, this is it. This is it. Our evil has gotten great enough. What's shocking is our evil has continued to get worse and worse but you know who continues to save and redeem and glorify is God alone and he's continued to hold back and he's given us grace and mercy and joy because he wants more to be with him he wants more to be drawn to him to be with him in relationship with him in love with him what a beautiful thing I have continued to say that we must take what we know the Bible is saying and not add or subtract to it. We must continue to look at what John is laying out in the Old Testament. The Jewish writers and the readers and people and the hearers of the word during that time would have known, and we've talked about this in the fourth, but they would have known about the three rebellions. Okay, That, the first one, the rebellion of Adam and Eve of taking the bite. Rebellion number two, that of the world needing to be wiped out because of the flood. And three, and the Tower of Babel, where the people wanted to make themselves God. Where they wanted to be gods. And let's remember the connections from Revelation 13 to Daniel 7. We just read it, and you saw some of the beast motif, but we're going to go through a few more. As we, as we read this, you're going to hear of different horns, and you're going to hear of the different beasts of the sea and different authority, different animals, some with wings to attack and, and uh, to the mouth and uh, all that. So like an example is uh, the wings on, uh, in Daniel 7, the wings are that of an attacking bird. It was that of an eagle. And many people, you also have to remember the Jewish people view the wings of that as not kosher. And so you gotta, if you don't know the Jewish culture, you don't see the full context. And that's what we're trying to do is continue to see a fuller context of what Revelation is trying to do instead of make believing what's going to happen. Let's say what the Bible actually says. Revelation. 13, and uh, and I'm just going to skip around a little bit, so hang on with me. But Revelation 13, 3 says, One of its heads seems to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed. Where Revelation 13, 14 says, And by signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth. This is a nice little reference of something being a fake Christ, a fake Messiah, a wound. Remember, that it will be a callback to the real Jesus who actually did take a wound, and actually did die and rise again. You look at Revelation 13, 4. It says, And they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast. Where Daniel 7, 6 says, And the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. So authority and dominion were given to it. We talked about a couple weeks ago that Jesus, when he started opening the seals, he's the one that's declaring the war. He's the one that's allowing this to happen. He's the one that's allowing all of this to continue. The authority comes from God alone. Revelation 13, 5 and 6, it says, And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. Where Daniel 7, 25, and there's a lot of others, but this one, he shall speak words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and shall think to change the times of the law, and they shall be given into his hand for a time, times and time and a half. The beast is given a time, and he's even allowed to utter blasphemous words against a holy God. Do you not see that in the world today? Do you not see how people are free to just blaspheme the Lord and Savior? It's in TV shows. It's not even just public. It's all throughout where we can just blaspheme and people are given authority. Revelation thirteen seven and Daniel 7, 8 talk about verses about war against the saints and the holy ones revelation 13 10 and jeremiah 15 to talk about captivity and people uh, dealing with it there is this continued connection to the old testament about how things in the old testament they're happening now and they will continue to happen and but god's gracious and loving and kind and compassion will continue to defend us as we've talked about don't get distracted off of god don't focus on the wrong thing. Don't focus on the miles per hour. Focus on the seatbelt. As you know, the beast in the sea, and we talked about this, they will be defeated. Rahab and Leviathan will be at the meal celebration. Deuteronomy talks about how there will be a banquet on the mountain of the Lord. The fad of their sacrifices will be at Zion. We'll be at Jerusalem. But, as always, we talk about, and this is where it always gets a little bit interesting because you can't talk about Revelation 13 without talking about point number two, the number, 666. I just so you know, had prepared a sermon all on Revelation 12. I was ready to do it. About the stars, actually there's a really cool lined up thing. Hopefully show it to you one day where I would say there's good case that Jesus was born on September 11th, 3 BC. Yeah, we'll dive into that another day. No, But, even digging into all that kind of stuff, God continued, because so many people love to talk about 666, but the thing is, is, I think we get distracted. We focus on the miles per hour, and we don't focus on what John is saying, what God's saying. And so let's let's dive into it. And we'll, Let's dive into who the name is and what the beast is, and to discuss these. When we look at the number of the 666, we first also have to continue to look at what the Old Testament is saying. And it all comes back to being an image bearer of God, an imaging God. The beast, as I have said, is a false Christ. Michael Heiser says it better. The beast is a counterfeit idea. He's a a counterpart enemy. And he continues by saying this, This is an anti-name-bearing thing going on with the beast. The beast wants you to bear a name that is counterfeit. We talked about this a little bit over nine months ago, if you were with us, that of bearing the name of God, that of being sealed with God. This is Old Testament theology. We talked about it with the Ten Commandments. When it says, do not take God's name in vain, This is not just saying, don't curse and don't take God's name in vain, which you shouldn't do, but it's a lot more than that. It's about being visually sealed. It's about representing God's name with everything. It is not taking it in vain. This is not all about having chips in your body and about barcodes. Okay? not saying that we do not need to be aware of them or that we do not need to watch out for them, but the bigger, bigger picture is whose side are you on? Really, whose side are you on? We must beware of manipulation going on in the world today. But if we are living in the Spirit and if we have the Holy Spirit in us and we are sealed by the Holy Spirit, there is nothing to fear. We must be aware. But because your life and your perspective and your heart and your mind and your thought and your actions show where your believing loyalty lies. And the question is is it Jesus or is it the beast? Is it truth or is it chaos? Whose name do you bear? Who is your master? We've talked about it. Even in Revelation 13, uh, 13, verse 13, it says that the beast will do signs. This should not wow you. This should actually call back and remind you of stories of Elijah and Moses. Do you remember when Moses had a staff and threw down a snake? What did the evil, dark Pharaoh's dark arts people do? They threw down snakes too. Like, do not think that there's not spiritual warfare. It is a counterfeit because you know who snake won and ate the other snakes? It is always a consistent counterfeit that Satan can do and he tries to do. I love this quote by uh, Michael Heiser because I think this really shows who the beast, the Antichrist, who he really is. The the Antichrist half to try to imitate Christ to have legitimacy because they recognize Christ as superior. Oh, I love that. Because so many times even it reminds me even the demons know of Jesus and they shudder. And some of us we do not know who Jesus really is, because we get off the mark. We're worried about this mile-per-hour flashlights. We're worried about, oh, do we take this? Do we, the, is the chip coming? Are we? What's going on? We get so distracted, and I think we need to beware. But we lose sight of who we got a seatbelt in. We're with Jesus in everything. Good, bad, every action. Whose side are you on? When we talk about 666 and dealing with the name and the beast of the number, there is a difference in those who align with Jesus and those who align with the Antichrist. In the Old Testament, when God called them his people, they, Christians didn't literally bear Jesus' name physically on your head. But you do remember, we talked about this in the Old Testament, that the priest bore the name of their head garments with the name of Yahweh. When the priests, they, they bore the head, the garments on there. And if you dug in a little bit more, they usually added L to it. They added an L, which made it possessive, which means I am Yahweh's. That I am Yahweh's. That I am His. What a, what a great reminder that they belong to Yahweh. In number 6, 27, it even says this put, Jesus, or God says, put my name upon them. And just so you know, at that time, they didn't literally get a tattoo or they literally didn't have a stamp pointed on them, but God is putting his name upon them because they are sealed with God as long as they're believing loyalty is in him. I'm not saying that there won't be a physical marker. I'm not saying that. But I do think that what Jesus is seeing is a spiritual tattoo. John sees that no one is neutral. You are either sealed with Christ or you are sealed with the beast. You might think you're neutral. Yay. You aren't. You are sealed one way or another. You are sealed with the beast or you are sealed with God. It even talks about the Word of God in the Old Testament. It will be a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead. Exodus 13, 9 says this, And it shall be to you as a sign. This is talking about the Scripture. It's talking about the Word of God. It shall be a sign to you as a sign on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes, that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. Exodus 13:16. It shall be a, as a mark on your hand or forelets between your eyes. For by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. Deuteronomy 6:8, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as forlets between your eyes. Do you not think that there is a reason why the Old Testament talks about marks on your head and your eyes, and then all of a sudden, what does Satan do again? Try to counterfeit that. He wants to counterfeit that because he's like, no, I'm going to be in between your brain and your hand. The head is what you think, and the hand is what you do, and that's what the beast wants. The beast wants to counterfeit it. And the question is, who controls that? We have talked about the beast and what they represent and that they could be Rome, they could, it could be Israel, but whatever it is, it is the world has gone to hell. The world, right? And many people have felt their generations have met the final beast from World War II to the Black Plagues to even some people think it was Henry Kissinger. No matter what it will be, Christians will be persecuted by the system. People who are believers, who don't take the mark, that are sealed with Christ, will not be able to buy or sell things. And this might be a physical mark, and it might not be. I actually, we, I've had a really good dis- uh, discussion about this. I actually think it's more crazy and more diabolical to not be able to buy stuff because you're a christian and instead of just having a mark or not i think it's more corrupt that someone be like oh you're a believer you're not allowed to sell here or buy here you're not allowed to be here because then it's all about god a lot of people are like well i'm not getting the mark because i'm doing we're so focused but we forget who are we sealed with who are we sealed with are we sealed with god are we sealed with god alone is our believing loyalty in Christ, or is it to the beast? And I promised I would get to the number 666, but I'm, going, I'm here now. There is no secure Old Testament text that points 100% what's going on. There are many, and I mean many, thoughts and beliefs. Many people believe that it's Nero. Some people believe it's uh, Domination. They, believe, they even believe that 666 actually comes from magic squares where if you uh, adjust them, that it actually represents the, the name sun, which actually then leads to Zeus. In all of these, you, you have to move some things around. One perspective, and I'm not putting all my chips here, but I sort of do like to, I want to uh, just sit here for a second, is that some people believe that it's the word titans which John J. Collins brings up that the numbers, when you spell it, are 300 plus 5 plus 10 plus 300 plus 1 plus 50, which equals 666. And this points to the Titans were that of the Greco-Roman and retelling of Genesis 6. If you remember, that of the fallen angels finding the women and coming down and mating with them, where God found this detestable, which then led to the Nephilim in which they died and became demons. That's a whole other story for another sermon. Which one of them was Nimrod, which leads to the Babel and the second temple. Jewish people would have seen that 666 is in the vein of the Watchers or Genesis 6 that would lead to the Tower of Babel, which if you continue reading Revelation, John now starts talking about Babylon, talks about the people of Babylon. So this could be a callback all the way back to Genesis 6, that of the time of chaos. Those of when the angels came down. The spiritual chaos from the beginning of time to now. Where Jesus will conquer chaos and Hades and death once and for all. I'm not saying that's the perspective. I'm not saying that's the final one. But as we continue to look, we have to be able to look at what the Old Testament is saying and what that ta- what is saying there. Because many people will say, hey, this is the way it is. We have to take what the Bible says it is. As we close, it is a good reminder to not fall for the counterfeit. That we are all marked by something. Right now, you are marked. If you are a believer, you are marked by the Holy Spirit. There might be a day where it becomes a physical mark. But more importantly, it is a spiritual one. The thing is, is that we hold on to our highest value because our highest value becomes our God or becomes our idol. Many of you and many people are scared of taking the mark and you should be, but I would also be scared of putting good things in front of God. How are we marked? What is your highest perceived view of God in your life? And when I say, God, what is the highest perceived view for you? You can say it's God, but if you live for money, it's not. You can say it's God, but if it's for your family, it's not. You can say it's for God, but if it's for attention, it's not. You can say it's for whatever, but it doesn't mean anything if that's not what you live for. It's a counterfeit God. That is why John is so hard on all of us to be aware and to have ears to hear does not do this passively he is warning us throughout scripture we are to avoid false gods and false idols do you not think that satan's final attack would not bring these situations to believers brad mentioned it down at sunday school he goes the game is already won and like a basketball game or football game satan knows time's running out and so he's going to try to make the game last as long as possible so what's he going to do he's going to foul He's going to hit you hard. He's going to try to rough it up. He's going to try to hopefully not get the call. He's going to do that to make the game. We've all watched games like that. We've all been there. We're up up 50 and the game's still going on because once it's done, Satan, it's over. This is the only thing. He can only counterfeit Jesus. He can only counterfeit God because he has no real authority because his authority actually comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. So remember where your authority comes from. When the bad things are happening, your authority comes from Christ. When you are questioning if this is from Christ, pray, seek him, go to him. Don't just make the decision. So many people want to, all right, well, this mark is this, and this is this. Well, why don't you go to the one that has ultimate authority and then make the decision. Seek him we must be ones that follow the true gospel now i have been pulling back a lot to daniel 7 and i I, revelation i think so many times people uh look at uh revelation as a future and is a future but i want to end with daniel 7 after the verses we just talked about daniel 7 verse 9 it talks says this as i looked thrones were placed and the ancient of days took his seat his clothing was white as snow and his hair of his head was like pure wool his throne was fiery flames its wheels were burning fire a stream of fire issued and came out from before him a thousand thousand served him and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him the court sat in judgment And the books were open. I looked then because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. And as I looked, the beast was killed and his body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night visions and behold... With the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and kingdom that all people, nations, and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed." You want to talk about end times, that's the end times. Jesus is the end times. He is the one that comes on a cloud. Because everywhere else, he he is the almighty. That's where we need to put our rest on. If you want to know and you want to prepare for the end times, prepare for this. Prepare that God is coming. Jesus is coming. We need to live like that. And not get distracted. Not be distracted as we talked about the Bobby Bowden story. You can laugh about it, but it's so true. We can get lost in the wrong things. May we not be lost in the wrong things. Let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. As we continue to discuss, and like we talked about, if we have questions, may we go to you, write them down. As we continue to, to dive in, there's so much more in Revelation 13. But I am so thankful for the completion of the Old Testament and new. It's beautiful to look back and go back and and see how all that is connected. It's a beautiful picture of what you've done to send your son to die and rise again for us. May we not get distracted. May we not focus on the wrong things, but focus on you. May we be sealed by you. May we be able to be marked by you in all that we are. Thank you again for everyone here and for those that aren't. May you continue to bless them. We love and praise you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.